Yay. All right. So this is uh, session two of a tale of two Enochs. And let's look at these Enochs a little deeper. Um, okay. So um, Enoch's name in the Hebrew means dedicated. Okay. So what I the first inter interesting thought that I had was why are there two Enochs? <laughs> you know, first thought. And then the second thought was, oh my gosh, there's two Enochs. <laughs> the third thought was, oh my gosh, I didn't know there was two Enochs. And what's up with the first one? And how can Cain name his boy Enoch when the real Enoch, which we all know about, is the one that walks with God? How dare you? So if you do any study on naming... Uh-oh, I can't hear you, says Paula. Where, can you hear me now? Paula. Paula, texted. you can say you can hear me. Well, I guess if she can't hear me, she can text to say she hears me. Okay. Let me hang up Paula and call her back. Because she's not on there. Hold on a second. We're doing technical difficulties. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, da, 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 da. Uh. Interesting. Okay, she's on now. Alrighty, um, so what was I saying? Alright, so there's two guys. So, when I found the first one, which I was surprised that actually existed, I almost, you know, if I'd been a little younger in the Lord, I would have thought someone added a chapter to my Bible. But no one did, because I checked all my Bibles, and I have like, I don't know, a dozen Old Testament translations, and all of them have chapter 4 in there, and all of them have Cain having a son named Enoch, which... Again, I've taught the Old Testament in Bible school, and was taught. anyway. So it's he's there. So that's okay. What's going on here? Now, what I was saying before I get the technical stuff um, is is there's something about um, uh, um, names, and um, uh, every every uh, Old Testament Hebrew name means something, and uh, in that culture, in that day, um, you just didn't go to the baby book and pick a name that sounded good or just pick a name from your relatives. Every name had a purpose, right? So probably like, I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm a bit older than some of y'all. So in some season, there was this big deal about everyone had to find their name and all my friends had these cool meanings, their names, you know, anointed ones and friend of God and and I looked at my name and it was it meant nothing. It meant like uh it meant man from the country named Wales, man man who builds walls. And that's not very spiritual sounding, right? Like man from Wales. Like there's no what? And so for years I thought it was stupid the name thing, you know, until one day I was in a bookstore 
and on a little tiny plaque in the back was my name and a verse and it said powerful warrior I said, ah i like that and that's the one i kept but anyway so in the old testament every name means something every name has a purpose and if you dig deeper every name is is it's not just picked it's picked because it's given to the person because every each name has a, uh, a characteristic, uh, a destiny, a function, a purpose. And you know this is true because all the names of God talk about a character of God. So like Abba shows the his father characteristics, right? Uh, uh, Jehovah Nisi is banner over me, you know. So, so there is great uh, revelation and depth in the names of the father just as is in the names of every person. So, so if you, so you do your first study and go like, okay, Enoch means dedication. Wow, okay. Dedicated to what, right? So I knew I looked that up. And then you go like, what's it dedicate? So we look at we know Cain was the first murderer in the Bible. And um so that's kind of an issue. So, um then I did a little deeper study and um um uh, it's the Paleo Hebrew, and now we're not going to talk about that. Well, kind of sort of. So, um, so the their name on level one means dedicated, but the son, Enoch, the son of Cain, his name means a son outside of the hand, and uh, and so we know from what I read in Genesis chapter four that Enoch, uh, Cain, the father, left the presence of God and. He went off far away from God and had a son. And the son that he bore um, was outside of the hand or control of God. Not that God's an almighty, but he didn't want to be in the hand. Because, you know, we who want to be with the Father are in his hand, and no no one can take us out of his hand. Now, we can leave his hand if we want to. Well, that's a whole theological debate. I'm not going there. But Canaan's son was not dedicated to God. Okay. Enoch, son of Jared, uh, was dedicated to God, as can be seen in the scriptures, right? Uh, so that's true. So a lot of this uh, topic will, is going to kind of go around uh, a verse in the New Testament, two verses, uh, Matthew 24, 37, and Luke 17, verse 26. And both of them say kind of the same thing. It says, as it was the days of Noah so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, and so it's a kind of, uh, I heard the scripture probably four years ago talking about this is the season we're in um, because that's what this revelation this guy had. And I kind of, I concur. So we're in a season kind of like in the days of Noah and I'm looking at the church, what's the church going to look like in the days of Noah? I think it looks kind of like Enoch 1 and Enoch 2. Okay. So, again, uh, looking at Enoch 1, um, Enoch 1 um, had a son, and his son was named was Irad, I-R-A-D. Um, on the first glimpse of that scripture, uh, what his name means in Hebrew, it said uh, something like, uh, his name means, <laughs> uh, there's no such word in the Hebrew language. I thought that was kind of weird. But when you look at the the another translation, another study of his name, it means to uh, to watch self worship uh, start. 
And I thought, well, that's interesting because we know that Cain killed his son and Cain is kind of like, you know, represented um, um, characteristics of a murderer and, and of evil, which is kind of like the devil and there's all that stuff. Um, the second Enoch had a son named Methuselah. And Methuselah's name means when he dies, the flood shall come. So these guys have some pretty powerful names. The one that tripped me out, though, was uh, uh, Enoch's father. His name is Jared. Jared's name means descent, okay? As in, you know, going down a hill, descend, descent. And um, um, the history behind that is, in, it means... The deeper meaning of his name is, in his lifetime, they will descend. And so the reference is, in Jared's lifetime is when the Watcher angels left their first estate. They came down to the planet, and they had whatever. They had children from human women, and thus the Nephilim were, were created, right? And so, um, so Jared was according to his name he was named because hey they're here <laughs> you know and uh and then enoch lived in a time where the giants were were there the sons of the angel fallen angels were there so you had two two creations on the planet that should not have been on the planet one the watcher angels should not have been on the planet doing what they were doing. And the children of these angels should not have been on the planet doing what they were doing. And uh, Jared was there. Um, Enoch was there. Enoch's boy Methuselah was there. And, Meth and Noah, who was the son of somebody in that food chain, was there. So all these guys were there when there was this great encroachment on the planet from the dark side, right? And that's an interesting thing. Um, so on this point of father-like son, right, there's a principle that Jesus talks about in John chapter 8, 38. And um, he's having a discussion with the Pharisee guys, and, you know, and they're like, Hey, we know our bloodline. We're our father is Moses. And Jesus, I think he laughed. It doesn't say he laughed, but anyway. And so in that, you need to know who you are, not who you think you are. You need to know who you are, right? These guys thought they were um, sons of Moses. Well, they weren't. So in John eight, ooh, someone dropped. Someone needs to go back on mute. Okay, who's not on mute? Tara, are you, Tara, on, mute? Are you on mute? Yes, I do. No, you're not if I can hear you. <laughs> so. I said this mute, but I was mute. Okay. 
Elizabeth, your phone is. Let me hang you up and dial you back in. Um. Okay, so um. Yes, foreign calls. Anyway, um. Okay, so I was saying something about um Jesus responding to the Pharisees, and he says in John eight thirty eight, I tell you, I'll tell you this. I have seen and learned at my father's side. And your actions uh, and your actions reflect what you have heard and learned from your father. And um that's uh and what he was saying was they were saying because of we we could show our lineage back to trace it back to uh the father. Okay, who's not on mute? Elizabeth, you're on mute. <clears throat> you didn't miss a whole bunch. <clears throat> anyway, so John chapter eight, still there. So basically, uh, the Moses, the Moses, the Pharisees were basing their identity on the fact they could trace their bloodline back to Moses, and that's just kind of a paper trail. Jesus was basing his identity back on his living relationship, and so um, we are who we are by who we're related to. If you're not relating, in as it says in the Amplified, in uh, the uh, in Genesis chapter 5 about Enoch, if you're not in habitual relationship with the Father, then you're maybe thinking that one day you said a prayer and that gives you a claim to be a son of God. And I would say, no, nice try, but not. Your relationship is based upon your relationship, your current relationship with the Father. What does that mean? It means what it says, that um, Father God says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. We can draw near all the time, right? We need to be actively engaged, actively interacting with the Father. Um, for all those who have invited them into their life, he's dwelling on your in your inside, and you need to say, you need to spend time with them. Yeah. And so there'll never be a question about, do you have a relationship with God? Well, yeah, he's right here. Do you want to talk to him? <laughs> you know, it's a real deal. Um, and there will not be, I mean, I used to be so ashamed of God. It was ridiculous. I would do, I was just like that little scene when um, uh, Peter denied Jesus the three times in the cock road. That was my life. People go like, hey, did we not see you coming to church? Nope, that wasn't me. <laughs> you know. Were you with those Christians? Nope, that wasn't me. I mean, I would deny him all over the place. Now, I actually do public displays of affection to my father, which is much better. But I don't do it for work's sake. I do because I have a relationship, right? It's much better when, you, when, you, when you're in love. It's true. All right. So, um, these two guys, um, um, Enoch 1 and Enoch 2, um, 
I believe there's a principle, and I call it the father's principle, that true sons will reflect the character of their father. Okay. Now we know that Enoch, we know that Cain, the father of Enoch number one, killed Abel, and he had some DNA issues, right? And he leaves God's presence, not a good thing, right? Um, build the city. We'll talk about the city thingy in a moment. And he has a son named Enoch, which I'm still trying to figure out how he picked up that cool name. I think at that time, you know, Revelation's out there. And, oh, that's cool. So um, it's like right now, there's a bunch of new agey guys out there that are have more revelation of the kingdom, kingdom principles than people who call themselves Christians and people who go to assemblies and gatherings of believers. We're, we're walking in a form of godliness, but not the power thereof. And some of our new age folks are walking in some power, and they've got some revelation. And so somehow Cain had a revelation that um, that uh, the name Enoch, a dedicated one, could walk into multiple realms. And he named his son that. Okay. And then when Jared, whose name means they'll descend, it also means that uh, uh, one who rules, he named his son Enoch because he knew that this boy would be dedicated to the king. And he set him on that path, right? So that just means we need to find our names, right? Um, John 3, 3. Jesus answered him and said, uh, this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. I tell you, unless a person is born from above, he cannot ever know, be acquainted with, or experience the kingdom of God. So, Julian, this is this is back to what your original question. You know, um, can we kind of you know walk like Enoch? It, it's right here. So, a lot of us have heard John three three as the "He must be born again" scripture, and it says that. But it's a deeper thing there, and you go one level below that, and it says he must be born from above. If you go to the Greek letter of born, Greek word for born from above, it means you must be, it's genero, gen, it's the the word we get from the word generate. Um, but it means like Genesis or created. We must be created again by the Father um, to be, to have access to the kingdom, okay? It's just not by saying a prayer. It's by letting the Father change us. And just as the as as uh, as Enoch number two walked with the God, and he was not. That was not. He was no longer a mere man. He became something that was able to walk in another realm and not be tied to his earth suit only. Um, he could function here and function there and he went off with God and later on we know he popped up in the New Testament and was talking with Jesus which is kind of cool you know to hang out that level I believe that level hanging out is available now okay so prerequisite to be a good son be born from above and John still in John 3 it says this he who comes from above heaven is far above all others he who comes from earth belongs to the earth 
and talks the language of the earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. He who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. I believe this scripture, John 31, my translation, Amplified, gives a very good distinction between the two Enochs. Um, Enoch, born of Cain, was born out of a man who did not want to be with God, left God's presence, did not like the presence of God, and walked in rebellion and was going to produce a seed line uh, of rebellion and anti-serving and knowing and loving God. And um, <clears throat> he dedicated his son to that purpose. His son was Cain and, and Enoch and his bloodline were those that were of the earth, liked self, and were going to build a monument to themselves to the same point of they built a city. The first thing he did was a city dedicated unto not being reliant upon God. Enoch II, son of Jared, <clears throat> was more like the first part <clears throat> of, in John 31 that says, He who comes from above is far above all others. When um, Enoch II was walking with in relationship with God, how could two walk together unless they're agreed? Amos 3 3. Um, <clears throat> you can't. So as you walk with the Father, you're changed. Um, in uh, 1 Corinthians talks about as we behold him as in the mirror, we are become like him. So the more time you spend with the Father, the more you become like him. You learn his ways. Zechariah 3 talks about walking in his ways, they'll give you charge of my courts. Zechariah 3 7 is an amazing verse that there's, you know, ooh, it's good. We're not going there. What's well, a different message? But the distinction right now is Enoch 1 life, Enoch 2 life. Enoch 1 learned from his father that, hey, you don't need God. Matter of fact, we don't need God so much. We can build our own stuff. We can build cities, and we're going to build something amazing uh, without God. Enoch number two, son of Jared, said, whoa, um, I need God. Not only because I live in a weird planet with fallen angels all over the place called Watchers and their sons, kids named Nephilim, which are giants, men of renown. renown. Um, I'm going to hang out with this guy who's invited me and everyone to do it. I don't care what everyone else is doing, but I'm going to habitually learn this guy, I'm going to walk with this one called God, called Abba. I'm going to walk with this one that my great, 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 great grandfather Adam knew. I heard I can know him. I have no idea what the other generations did. Not sure why Adam did his deal. I don't know what uncle great grandfather Cain is doing. I don't know what my other guy, cousin Enoch number one is doing. But what I'm going to do is walk with the living God. And as he got to know him, something happened, and they kept, he didn't come back, right? According to Genesis chapter um, 5. And I think we need to have the same aspiration because it's clear here that says, he who comes from above is above all others. It's not a superiority over people, it's superiority over the things of darkness and not light. He who comes from earth belongs to the earth. Um, 
he who comes from heaven is far above all it's superior in prominence and excellence and so comparing the the light and um the light and uh, uh the light that uh um light and life that uh Oh my goodness. Hold on a second. Playing technical difficulties again. Oh my. Okay. Well, I think we're okay now. Um so there, there's there's two types of life I think we can live. We can live a life dedicated to the king. Our life dedicated to ourself, right? And a life dedicated to self kind of, kind of allows um, the enemy to have rule and rebellion because um, he likes that and supports that, and that's not good. We're going to be um, like our father because we're going to spend time with our father. Um, when Enoch, number one, spent time with his father, his father was a murderer, had a bad seed, not good. When Enoch spent time with Jared, he learned that um, he was designed to rule and someone needs to go on mute. Everyone check their mute. So, let me think here. Who is not on mute? Refresh. Check your mute. Um, okay, so let's, um, I think here, yeah, we're good. Um, <clears throat> Jesus made a, a statement that um, our, our lives need to make a statement too, I think. Um, in John 5, 18, um, again, there were certain guys wanting to kill Jesus. And they wanted to kill him over this one fact that uh, he was actually trying to say that he was related to God. And uh, I thought, well, that's interesting. I, I need to... I think I'm related to God. I think he calls me son. Um, but when Jesus said that, these guys wanted to kill him because they didn't think that lifestyle was available. So Genesis, I mean, John 5:18. This made the Jews, the Pharisees, more determined than ever to kill him, to do away with him because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but he was actually was speaking of God as being his own father making himself equal to or on a level with God. I think this is the attitude of, of walking with God. Now, this is not an arrogance. This is not a show. But there's something about um, when you choose out of your own um, heart desire to, uh, to, to walk with God. When people call you up and say, hey, let's go do something, and you say no, and they press you, 
And they go, well, why not? And you kind of say, well, I just kind of read my Bible. And they go, well, who do you think you are? You know, um, There's something about people who are hungrier than you. There's something about when you're hungrier than them. There's something about people who don't understand why you want to do what you want to do and not what they want to do. There's something about when you live a different way, a different life. There's something about my dog barking very loudly. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, my beastie dog. <laughs> He's a great Dane. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> when when you set yourself to walk with the Father, um, many who don't want to walk with the Father at the same degree will come against you. Okay. Um, and they'll come against you in different ways. They'll come against you from, hey, you don't have to do that. Case in point, um, when, um, when I decided to um, leave my career to go to Bible school, um, it was extremely funny to me that um, my Christian friends thought that it was too extreme for me to leave the country to go to Bible school. to extreme for for me to leave the country to go to Bible school and um, um, but I did and um, there were some good Bible schools in our little city and there were some good ones in our country for sure but I felt I was supposed to go abroad I went the wild thing to me was was my secular friends uh, who didn't go to church. I don't think they could spell church. Um, thought it was the greatest thing that I would pursue something that was in that was in me that strong to leave everything behind and go for it. Matter of fact, some of my secular friends wanted to go with me because they thought it was the cool, <laughs> so cool. I thought, dude, you don't even like God. Yeah, but I think it's so great. You're just going to go do this. And they, I said, that's odd. But there's something about when, when, when a person, uh, whatever, follows her passion, it, it makes a statement and causes a reaction. And so each of us can be a catalyst for change for those around us. As we start to burn brighter for the one we love the most, there will be, there will be a reaction from those around us. If there is no reaction... That kind of tells us we may not be burning as bright as we could. That's a little clue there. No reaction, that kind of tells you something. Okay, There should be a reaction. Good or bad. And it should be a reaction. Alright, we're going to pause for a break here. Because it's now an hour 20 into this. And we're going to do a... I'm going to stop the tape. Stop. Stop.